December of the Diary of Samuel Pepys, 1663. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. The Diary of Samuel Pepys, 1663 by Samuel Pepys. December, 1663. December 1st. Up and to the office, where we sat all the morning. At noon I home to dinner with my poor wife, with whom nowadays I enjoy great pleasure in her company and learning of arithmetic. After dinner I to Guildhall to hear a trial at King's Bench before Lord Chief Justice Hyde, about the insurance of a ship, the same I mentioned in my yesterday's journal, where everything was proved how money was so taken up upon bottomry and insurance, and the ship left by the master and seamen upon rocks, where, when the sea fell at the ebb, she must perish. The master was offered help, and he did give the pilots twenty souls to drink, to bid them go about their business, saying that the rocks were old, but his ship was new, and that she was repaired for six pounds and less all the damage that she received, and is now brought by one, sent for on purpose by the insurers, into the Thames, with her cargo, vessels of tallow daubed over with butter, instead of all butter, the whole not worth above five hundred pounds, ship and all, and they had took up, as appeared, above two thousand four hundred pounds. He had given his men money to content them, and yet for all this he did bring some of them to swear that it was very stormy weather, and they did all they could to save her, and that she was seven feet deep water in hold, and were fain to cut her main and foremast, that the master was the last man that went out, and they were fain to force him out when she was ready to sink, and her rudder broke off, and she was drawn into the harbour after they were gone, as wreck all broken and goods lost, that she could not be carried out again without new building, and many other things so contrary as is not imaginable more there was all the great counsel in the kingdom in the cause but after one witness or two for the plaintiff it was cried down as a most notorious cheat and so the jury without going out found it for the plaintiff but it was pleasant to see what mad sort of testimonies the seamen did give and could not be got to speak in order and then their terms such as the judge could not understand and to hear how sillily the counsel and judge would speak as to the terms necessary in the matter would make one laugh and above all a frenchman that was forced to speak in french and took an english oath he did not understand and had an interpreter sworn to tell us what he said which was the best testimony of all so home well satisfied with this afternoon's work purposing to spend an afternoon or two every term so and so to my office a while and then home to supper arithmetic with my wife and to bed i heard other causes and saw the course of pleading by being at this trial and heard and learnt two things one is that every man has a right of passage in but not a title to any highway the next that the judge would not suffer mr crow who hath fined for alderman to be called so but only mr and did eight or nine times fret at it and stop every man that called him so second my wife troubled all last night with a toothache and this morning i up and to my office where busy and so home to dinner with my wife who is better of her tooth than she was and in the afternoon by agreement called on by mr bland and with him to the ship a neighbour tavern and there met his antagonist mr Custos and his referee, Mr. Clark, a merchant also, and begun the dispute about the freight of a ship hired by Mr. Bland to carry provisions to Tangier, and the freight is now demanded, whereas he says that the goods were some spoiled, some not delivered, and upon the whole demands thirteen hundred pounds of the other, and their minds are both so high, their demands so distant, and their words so many and hot against one another, that I fear we shall bring it to nothing." But, however, I am glad to see myself so capable of understanding the business as I find I do, and shall endeavour to do Mr. Bland all the just service I can therein. Here we were in a bad room, which vexed me most, but we meet at another house next, 
so at noon i home and to my office till nine o'clock and so home to my wife to keep her company arithmetic then to supper and to bed she being well of her tooth again third up and to the office where all the forenoon and then by mr coventry's coach to the change and so home to dinner very pleasant with my poor wife somebody from portsmouth i know not who has this day sent me a runlet of tent so to my office all the afternoon where much business till late at night and so home to my wife and then to supper and to bed this day sir g carteret did tell us at the table that the navy excepting what is due to the yards upon the quarter now going on and what few bills he hath not heard of is quite out of debt which is extraordinary good news and upon the change to hear how our credit goes as good as any merchants upon the change is a joyful thing to consider which god continue i am sure the king will have the benefit of it as well as we some peace and credit fourth up pretty betimes that is about seven o'clock it being now dark then and so got me ready with my clothes breeches and warm stockings and by water with henry russell cold and wet and windy to woolwich to a hempship there and stayed looking upon it and giving direction as to the getting it ashore and so back again very cold and at home without going on shore anywhere about twelve o'clock being fearful of taking cold and so dined at home and shifted myself and so all the afternoon at my office till night and then home to keep my poor wife company and so to supper and to bed fifth up and to the office where we sat all the morning and then with the whole board viz sir j minnes sir w batten and myself along with captain allen home to dinner where he lives hard by in mark lane where we had a very good plain dinner and good welcome in a pretty little house but so smoky that it was troublesome to us all till they put out the fire and made one of charcoal i was much pleased with this dinner for the many excellent stories told by mr coventry which i have put down in my book of tales and so shall not mention them here we stayed till night and then mr coventry away and by and by i home to my office till nine or ten at night and so home to supper and to bed after some talk and arithmetic with my poor wife with whom nowadays i live with great content out of all trouble of mine by jealousy for which god forgive me or any other distraction more than my fear of my lord sandwich's displeasure sixth lord's day lay long in bed and then up and to church alone which is the greatest trouble that i have by not having a man or boy to wait on me and so home to dinner my wife it being a cold day and it began to snow the first snow we have seen this year kept her bed till after dinner and i below by myself looking over my arithmetic books and timber rule so my wife rose in on and she and i all the afternoon at arithmetic and she is come to do addition subtraction and multiplication very well and so i purpose not to trouble her yet with division but to begin with the globes to her now at night came captain grove to discourse with me about field's business and of other matters and so he being gone i to my office and spent an hour or two reading rushworth and so to supper home and to prayers and bed finding myself by cold to have some pain begin with me which god defend should increase seventh up betimes and it being a frosty morning walked on foot to whitehall but not without some fear of my pain coming at whitehall i hear and find that there was the last night the greatest tide that ever was remembered in england to have been in this river all whitehall having been drowned of which there was great discourse anon we all met and up with the duke and did our business and by and by my lord of sandwich came in but whether it be my doubt or no i cannot tell but i do not find that he made any sign of kindness or respect to me which troubles me more than anything in the world after done there sir w batten and captain allen and i by coach to the temple where i liked they going home and indeed it being my trouble of mind to try whether i could meet with my lord sandwich and try him to see how he will receive me i took coach and back again to whitehall but there could not find him 
but here i met dr clark and did tell him my story of my health how my pain comes to me nowadays he did write something for me which i shall take when there is occasion i then fell to other discourse of dr knapp who tells me he is the king's physician and is become a solicitor for places for people and i am mightily troubled with him he tells me he is the most impudent fellow in the world that gives himself out to be the king's physician but it is not so but is cast out of the court from thence i may learn what impudence there is in the world and how a man may be deceived in persons anon the king and duke and duchess came to dinner in the vain room where i never saw them before but it seems since the tables are done he dines there altogether the queen is pretty well and goes out of her chamber to her little chapel in the house the king of france they say is hiring of sixty sail of ships of the dutch but it is not said for what design by and by not hoping to see my lord i went to the king's head ordinary where a good dinner but no discourse almost and after dinner by coach home and found my wife this cold day not yet out of bed and after a little good talk with her to my office and there spent my time till late sir w warren two or three hours with me talking of trade and other very good discourse which did please me very well and so after reading in rushworth home to supper and to bed eighth lay long in bed and then up into the office where we sat all the morning and among other things my lord barclay called in question his clerk mr davy for something which sir w batten and i did tell him yesterday but i endeavoured to make the least of it and so all was put up at noon to the change and among other businesses did discourse with captain taylor and i think i shall safely get twenty pounds by his ship's freight at present besides what it may be i may get hereafter so home to dinner and thence by coach to whitehall where a great while walked with my lord tiviot whom i find a most careful thoughtful and cunning man as i also ever took him to be he is this day bringing in an account where he makes the king debtor to him ten thousand pounds already on the garrison of tangier account but yet demands not ready money to pay it but offers such ways of paying it out of the sale of old decayed provisions as will enrich him finely anon came my lord sandwich and then we fell to our business at the committee about my lord tiviot's accounts wherein i took occasion to speak now and then so as my lord sandwich did well seem to like of it and after we were up did bid me good-night in a tone that methinks he is not so displeased with me as i did doubt he is however i will take a course to know whether he be or no the committee done i took coach and home to my office and there late and so to supper at home and to bed being doubtful of my pain through the very cold weather which we have but i will take all the care i can to prevent it ninth lay very long in bed for fear of my pain and then rose and went to stool after my wife's way who by all means would have me sit long and upright very well and being ready to the office from thence i was called by and by to my wife she not being well so to her and found her in great pain so by and by to my office again and then abroad to look out a cradle to burn charcoal in at my office and i found one to my mind in newgate market and so meeting hobie's man in the street i spoke to him to serve it in to the office for the king so home to dinner and after talk with my wife she in bed and pain all day i to my office most of the evening and then home to my wife this day mrs russell did give my wife a very fine st george in alabaster which will set out my wife's closet mightily this evening at the office after i had wrote my day's passages there came to me my cousin angier of cambridge poor man making his moan and obtained of me that i would send his son to sea as a reformado which i will take care to do but to see how apt every man is to forget friendship in time of adversity how glad was i when he was gone for fear he should ask me to be bond for him or to borrow money of me tenth up pretty well the weather being become pretty warm again and to the office where we sat all the morning and i confess having received so lately a token from mrs russell 
I did find myself concerned for our not buying some tallow of her, which she bought on purpose yesterday most unadvisedly to her great loss, upon confidence of putting it off to us. So hard it is for a man not to be warped against his duty and master's interest that receives any bribe or present, though not as a bribe, from anybody else. But she must be contented, and I to do her a good turn when I can, without wrong to the king's service. Then home to dinner, and did drink a glass of wine and beer, the more for joy that this is the shortest day in the year, which is a pleasant consideration, with my wife. She in bed but pretty well, and having a messenger from my brother, that he is not well nor stirs out of doors, I went forth to see him, and found him below. He has not been well, but is not ill. I found him taking order for the distribution of Mrs. Ramsay's coals, a thing my father for many years did, and now he after him, which I was glad to see, as also to hear that Mr. Wheatley begins to look after him. I hope it is about his daughter. Then to St. Paul's churchyard, to my booksellers, and having gained this day in the office by my stationer's bill to the king, about forty shillings or three pounds, I did here sit two or three hours calling for twenty books to lay this money out upon, and found myself at a great loss where to choose, and do see how my nature would gladly return to laying out money in this trade. I could not tell whether to lay out my money for books of pleasure, as plays, which my nature was most earnest in, but at last, after seeing Chaucer, Dugdale's History of Poles, Stowe's London, Gesner, History of Trent, besides Shakespeare, Johnson, and Beaumont's plays, I at last chose Dr. Fuller's Worthies, the Kabbalah, or Collections of Letters of State, and a little book, Delice de Hollande, with another little book or two, all of good use or serious pleasure, and Hudibras, both parts, the book now in greatest fashion for drollery, though I cannot, I confess, see enough where the wit lies. My mind being thus settled, I went by link home, and so to my office, and to read in Rushworth, and so home to supper and to bed. Calling at Watton's, my shoemaker's, to-day, he tells me that Sir H. Wright is dying, and that Harris is come to the Duke's house again, and of a rare play to be acted this week of Sir William Davenant's, the story of Henry the Eighth with all his wives. 11th. Up and abroad toward the wardrobe, and going out, Mr. Clark met me to tell me that Field has a writ against me in this last business of thirty pounds ten shillings, and that he believes he will get an execution against me this morning, and though he told me it could not be well before noon, and that he would stop it at the sheriff's, yet it is hard to believe with what fear I did walk, and how I did doubt at every man I saw, and do start at the hearing of one man cough behind my neck. I to the wardrobe, and there missed Mr. Moore, so to Mr. Holden's, and even all reckonings there for hats, and then walked to Paul's churchyard, and after a little at my bookseller's, and bought at a shop Cardinal Mazarin's will in French. I to the coffee-house, and there among others had good discourse with an iron merchant, who tells me the great evil of discouraging our natural manufacture of England in that commodity, by suffering the Swede to bring in three times more than ever they did, and our own iron-works be lost, as almost half of them, he says, are already. Then I went and sat by Mr. Harrington, and some east-country merchants, and talking of the country about Quinsborough and thereabouts, he told us himself that for fish, none there, the poorest body, will buy a dead fish, but must be alive, unless it be in winter. And then they told us the manner of putting their nets into the water. Through holes made in the thick ice, they will spread a net of half a mile long, and he hath known a hundred and thirty and a hundred and seventy barrels of fish taken at one draught. And then the people come with sledges upon the ice, with snow at the bottom, and lay the fish in, and cover them with snow, and so carry them to market. And he hath seen, when the said fish have been frozen in the sledge, so as that he hath taken a fish and broke a piece so hard it hath been, and yet the same fishes, taken out of the snow, and brought into a hot room, will be alive, and leap up and down. Swallows are often brought up in their nets out of the mud from under water, hanging together to some twig or other, dead in ropes, 
and brought to the fire will come to life fowl killed in december alderman barker said he did buy and putting into the box under his sledge did forget to take them out to eat till april next and they then were found there and were through the frost as sweet and fresh and eat as well as at first killed young bears are there their flesh sold in market as ordinarily as beef here and is excellent sweet meat they tell us that bears there do never hurt anybody but fly away from you unless you pursue and set upon them but wolves do much mischief mr harrington told us how they do to get so much honey as they send abroad they make hollow a great fir-tree leaving only a small slit down straight in one place and this they close up again only leave a little hole and there the bees go in and fill the bodies of those trees as full of wax and honey as they can hold and the inhabitants at times go and open the slit and take what they please without killing the bees and so let them live there still and make more fir-trees are always planted close together because of keeping one another from the violence of the winds and when a fell is made they leave here and there a grown tree to preserve the young ones coming up the great entertainment and sport of the duke of courland and the princess thereabouts is hunting which is not with dogs as we but he appoints such a day and summons all the country people as to a campania and by several companies gives every one their circuit and they agree upon a place where the toil is to be set and so making fires every company as they go they drive all the wild beasts whether bears wolves foxes swine and stags and roes into the toil and there the great men have their stands in such and such places and shoot at what they have a mind to and that is their hunting they are not very populous there by reason that people marry women seldom till they are towards or above thirty and men thirty or forty years old or more oftentimes against a public hunting the duke sends that no wolves be killed by the people and whatever harm they do the duke makes it good to the person that suffers it as mr harrington instanced in a house where he lodged where a wolf broke into a hogsty and bit three or four great pieces off the back of the hog before the house could come to help it it calling and that did give notice to the people of the house and the man of the house told him that there were three or four wolves thereabouts that did them great hurt but it was no matter for the duke was to make it good to him otherwise he would kill them hence home and upstairs my wife keeping her bed and had a very good dinner and after dinner to my office and there till late busy among other things captain taylor came to me about his bill for freight and besides that i found him contented that i have the thirty pounds i got he do offer me to give me six pounds to take the getting of the bill paid upon me which i am ready to do but i am loath to have it said that i ever did it however i will do him the service to get it paid if i can and stand to his courtesy what he will give me late to supper home and to my great joy i have by my wife's good advice almost brought myself by going often and leisurely to the stool that i can come almost to have my natural course of stool as well as ever which i pray god continue to me twelve up into the office where all the morning and among other things got sir g carteret to put his letters to captain taylor's bill by which i am in hopes to get five pounds which joys my heart we had this morning a great dispute between mr gordon victualler of the navy and sir j lawson and the rest of the commanders going against argier about their fish and keeping of lent which mr gordon so much insists upon to have it observed as being the only thing that makes up the loss of his dear bargain all the rest of the year at noon went home and there i found that one abrahall who strikes in for the serving of the king with ship chandlery ware has sent my wife a japan gown which pleases her very well and me also it coming very opportune but i know not how to carry myself to him i being already obliged so far to mrs russell so that i am in both their pays to the exchange where i had sent Llewellyn word i would come to him and thence brought him home to dinner with me he tells me that w simon's wife is dead for which i am sorry she being a good woman and tells me an odd story of her saying before her death being in good sense that there stood her uncle scobel 
then he began to tell me that mr deering had been with him to desire him to speak to me that if i would get him off with these goods upon his hands he would give me fifty pieces and further that if i would stand his friend to help him to the benefit of his patent as the king's merchant he could spare me two hundred pounds per annum out of his profits i was glad to hear both of these but answered him no further than that as i would not by anything be bribed to be unjust in my dealings so i was not so squeamish as not to take people's acknowledgment why i had the good fortune by my pains to do them good and just offices and so i would not come to be at any agreement with him but i would labour to do him this service and to expect his consideration thereof afterwards as he thought fit so i expect to hear more of it i did make very much of llewellyn in hopes to have some good by this business and in the evening received some money from mr moore and so went and settled accounts in my books between him and me and i do hope at christmas not only to find myself as rich or more than ever i was yet but also my accounts in less compass fewer reckonings either of debts or monies due to me than ever i have been for some years and indeed do so the goodness of god bringing me from better to a better expectation and hopes of doing well this day i heard my lord barclay tell sir g carteret that he hath letters from france that the king hath unduked twelve dukes only to show his power and to crush his nobility who he said he did see had heretofore laboured to cross him and this my lord barclay did mightily magnify as a sign of a brave and vigorous mind that what he saw fit to be done he dares do at night after business done at my office home to supper and to bed i have forgot to set down a very remarkable passage that llewellyn being gone and i going into the office and it began to be dark i found nobody there my clerks being at the burial of a child of w griffin's and so i spent a little time till they came walking in the garden and in the meantime while i was walking mrs penn's pretty maid came by my side and went into the office but finding nobody there i went into her being glad of the occasion she told me as she was going out again that there was nobody there and that she came for a sheet of paper so i told her i would supply her and left her in the office and went into my office and opened my garden door thinking to have got her in and there to have caressed her and seeming looking for paper i told her this way was as near a way for her but she told me she had left the door open and so did not come to me so i carried her some paper and kissed her leading her by the hand to the garden door and there let her go but lord to see how much i was put out of order by this surprisal and how much i could have subjected my mind to have treated and been found with this wench and how afterwards i was troubled to think what if she should tell this and whether i had spoke or done anything that might be unfit for her to tell but i think there was nothing more past than just what i hear write thirteenth lord's day up and made me ready for church but my wife and i had a difference about her old folly that she would fasten lies upon her maids and now upon jane which i did not see enough to confirm me in it and so would not consent to her to church where after sermon home and to my office before dinner reading my vows and so home to dinner where tom came to me and he and i dined together my wife not rising all day and after dinner i made even accounts with him and spent all the afternoon in my chamber talking of many things with him and about wheatley's daughter for a wife for him and then about the joyces and their father fenner how they are sometimes all honey one with another and then all turd and a strange rude life there is among them in the evening he gone i to my office to read rushworth upon the charge and answer of the duke of buckingham which is very fine and then to do a little business against to-morrow and so home to supper to my wife and then to bed fourteenth up by candlelight which i do not use to do though it be very late that is to say almost eight o'clock and out by coach to whitehall where we all met and to the duke where i heard a large discourse between one that goes over an agent from the king to leghorn and thereabouts to remove the inconveniences his ships are put to by denial of practic which is a thing that is nowadays made use of only as a cheat for a man may buy a bill of health for a piece of eight 
and my enemy may agree with the intendant of the sante for ten pieces of eight or so that he shall not give me a bill of health and so spoil me in my design whatever it be this the king will not endure and so resolves either to have it removed or to keep all ships from coming in or going out there so long as his ships are stayed for want hereof then my lord sandwich being there we all went into the duke's closet and did our business but among other things lord what an account did sir j minnes and sir w batten make of the pulling down and burning of the head of the charles where cromwell was placed with people under his horse and peter as the duke called him is praying to him and sir j minnes would needs infer the temper of the people from their joy at the doing of this and their building a gibbet for the hanging of his head up when god knows it is even the flinging away of one hundred pounds out of the king's purse to the building of another which it seems must be a neptune thence i through whitehall only to see what was doing but meeting none that i knew i went through the garden to my lord sandwich's lodging where i found my lord got before me which i did not intend or expect and was there trying some music which he intends for an anthem of three parts i know not whether for the king's chapel or no but he seems mighty intent upon it but it did trouble me to hear him swear before god and other oaths as he did now and then without any occasion which methinks did so ill become him and i hope will be a caution for me it being so ill a thing in him the music being done without showing me any good or ill countenance he did give me his hat and so adieu and went down to his coach without saying anything to me he being gone i and mr howe talked a good while he tells me that my lord it is true for a while after my letter was displeased and did shew many slightings of me when he had occasion of mentioning me to his lordship but that now my lord is in good temper and he do believe will shew me as much respect as ever and would have me not to refrain to come to him this news i confess did much trouble me but when i did hear how he is come to himself and hath wholly left chelsea and the slut and that i see he do follow his business and becomes in better repute than before i am rejoiced to see it though it do cost me some disfavour for a time for if not his good nature and ingenuity yet i believe his memory will not bear it always in his mind but it is my comfort that this is the thing that after so many years good service that has made him my enemy thence to the king's head ordinary and there dined among a company of fine gentlemen some of them discoursed of the king of france's greatness and how he is come to make the princess of the blood to take place of all foreign ambassadors which it seems is granted by them of venice and other states and expected from my lord hollis our king's ambassador there and that either upon that score or something else he hath not had his entry yet in paris but hath received several affronts and among others his harness cut and his gentleman of his horse killed which will breed bad blood if true they say also that the king of france hath hired three score ships of holland and forty of the swede but nobody knows what to do but some great designs he hath on foot against the next year thence by coach home and to my office where i spent all the evening till night with captain taylor discoursing about keeping of masts and when he was gone with sir w warren who did give me excellent discourse about the same thing which i have committed to paper and then fell to other talk of his being at chatham lately and there discoursing of his masts commissioner pett did let fall several scurvy words concerning my pretending to know masts as well as anybody which i know proceeds ever since i told him i could measure a piece of timber as well as anybody employed by the king but however i shall remember him for a black sheep again a good while with all his fair words to me and perhaps may let him know that my ignorance does the king as much good as all his knowledge which would do more it is true if it were well used then we fell to talk of sir j minnes's and sir w barton's burning of oliver's head while he was there which was done with so much insulting and folly as i never heard of and had the trained band of rochester to come to the solemnity which when all comes to all commissioner pett says it never was made for him but it troubles me the king should suffer one hundred pounds loss in his purse 
to make a new one after it was forgot whose it was or any word spoke of it he being gone i mightily pleased with his discourse by which i always learned something i to read a little in rushworth and so home to supper to my wife it having been washing day and so to bed my mind i confess a little troubled for my lord sandwich's displeasure but god will give me patience to bear since it rises from so good an occasion fifteenth before i was up my brother's man came to tell me that my cousin edward pepys was dead died at mrs turner's for which my wife and i are very sorry and the more for that his wife was the only handsome woman of our name so up into the office where the greatest business was sir j minnes and sir w batten against me for sir w warren's contract for masts to which i may go to my memorandum book to see what passed but came off with conquest and my lord barclay and mr coventry well convinced that we are well used so home to dinner and thither came to me mr mount and mr llewellyn i think almost foxed and there dined with me and very merry as i could be my mind being troubled to see things so ordered at the board though with no disparagement to me at all at dinner comes a messenger from the counter with an execution against me for the thirty pounds ten shillings given the last verdict to field the man's name is thomas of the poultry counter i sent griffin with him to the dolphin where sir w batten was at dinner and he being satisfied that i should pay the money i did cause the money to be paid him and griffin to tell it out to him in the office he offered to go along with me to sir r ford but i thought it not necessary but let him go with it he also telling me that there is never any receipt for it given but i have good witness of the payment of it they being gone llewellyn having again told me by myself that daring is content to give me fifty pounds if i can sell his deals for him to the king not that i did ever offer to take it or bid llewellyn bargain for me with him but did tacitly seem to be willing to do him what service i could in it and expect his thanks what he thought good thence to whitehall by coach by the way overtaking mr moore and took him into the coach to me and there he could tell me nothing of my lord how he stands as to his thoughts or respect to me but concludes that though at present he may be angry yet he will come to be pleased again with me no doubt and says that he do mind his business well and keeps at court so to whitehall and there by order found some of the commissioners of tangier met and my lord sandwich among the rest to whom i bowed but he shewed me very little of any countenance at all which troubles me mightily having soon done there i took up mr moore again and set him down at paul's by the way he proposed to me of a way of profit which perhaps may shortly be made by money by fines upon houses at the wardrobe but how i did not understand but left it to another discourse so homeward calling upon mr fenn by sir g carteret's desire and did there shew him the bill of captain taylor's whereby i hope to get something justly home into my office and there very late with sir w warren upon very serious discourse telling him how matters passed to-day and in the close he and i did fall to talk very openly of the business of this office and if i was not a little too open to tell him my interest which is my fault he did give me most admirable advice and such as do speak him a most able and worthy man and understanding seven times more than ever i thought to be in him he did particularly run over every one of the officers and commanders and shewed me how i had reason to mistrust every one of them either for their falseness or their over-great power being too high to fasten a real friendship in and did give me a common but a most excellent saying to observe in all my life he did give it in rhyme but the sense was this that a man should treat every friend in his discourse and opening his mind to him as of one that may hereafter be his foe he did also advise me how i should take occasion to make known to the world my case and the pains that i take in my business and above all to be sure to get a thorough knowledge in my employment and to that add all the interest at court that i can which i hope i shall do he stayed talking with me till almost twelve at night and so good night being sorry to part with him and more sorry that he should have as far as wapping to walk to-night so i to my journal and so home 
to supper, and to bed. Sixteenth. Up, and with my head and heart full of my business, I to my office, and there all the morning, where, among other things, to my great content, Captain Taylor brought me forty pounds, the greater part of which I shall gain to myself, after much care and pains, out of his bill of freight, as I have at large set down in my book of memorandums. At noon to the change, and there met with Mr. Wood by design, and got out of him to my advantage a condition which I shall make good use of against Sir W. Batten, vide my book of memorandums, touching the contract of mass of Sir W. Warren, about which I have had so much trouble. So home to dinner, and then to the Star Tavern, hard by, to our arbitration of Mr. Bland's business, and at it a great while, but I found no order like to be kept in our inquiry, and Mr. Clark, the other arbitrator, one so far from being fit, though able as to his trade of a merchant, to inquire and to take pains in searching out the truth on both sides, that we parted without doing anything, nor do I believe we shall at all ever attain to anything in it. Then home until twelve at night, making up my accounts, with great account of this day's receipt of Captain Taylor's money, and some money reimbursed me which I have laid out on Field's business. So home with my mind in pretty good quiet, and to supper, and to bed. Seventeenth. Up into the office, where we sat all the morning. At noon home to my poor wife, and dined, and then by coach abroad to Mrs. Turner's, where I have not been for many a day and there I found her and her sister Dyke very sad for the death of their brother. After a little common expression of sorrow, Mrs. Turner told me that the trouble she would put me to was to consult about getting an achievement prepared, scutcheons were done already, to set over the door. So I did go out to Mr. Smith's, where my brother tells me the scutcheons are made, but he not being within, I went to the temple, and there spent my time in a bookseller's shop, reading in a book of some embassages into Moscovia, etc., where was very good reading and then to mrs turner's and thither came smith to me with whom i did agree for four pounds to make a handsome one l square within the frame after he was gone i sat an hour talking of the suddenness of his death within seven days and how by little and little death came upon him neither he nor they thinking it would come to that he died after a day's raving through lightness in his head for want of sleep his lady did not know of his sickness nor do they hear yet how she takes it hence home taking some books by the way in paul's churchyard by coach to my office we're late doing business, and so home to supper, and to bed. Eighteenth. Up, and after being ready, and done several businesses with people, I took water, taking a dram of the bottle at the waterside, with a gaily, the first that ever I had yet, and down to Woolwich, calling at Ham Creek, where I met Mr. Dean, and had a great deal of talk with him about business, and so to the rope-yard and dock, discoursing several things, and so back again, and did the like at Deptford, and I find that it is absolutely necessary for me to do thus once a week at least all the year round, which will do me great good, and so home with great ease and content, especially out of the content which I met with in a book I bought yesterday, being a discourse of the state of Rome under the present Pope Alexander the Seventh, it being a very excellent piece. After eating something at home, then to my office, where till night about business to dispatch, among other people came Mr. Primate, the leather-seller, in Fleet Street, to see me, he says, coming this way and he tells me that he is upon a proposal to the king whereby by a law already in being he will supply the king without wrong to any man or charge to the people in general so much as it is now above two hundred thousand pounds per annum and god knows what and that the king do like the proposal and hath directed that the duke of monmouth with their consent be made privy and go along with him and his fellow-proposer in the business god knows what it is for i neither can guess nor believe there is any such thing in his head at night made an end of the discourse I read this morning, and so home to supper, and to bed. Nineteenth. Up and to the office, where we sat all the morning, 
and I laboured hard at Deering's business of his deals more than I would if I did not think to get something, though I do really believe that I did what is to the king's advantage in it, and yet, God knows, the expectation of profit will have its force, and make a man the more earnest. Dine at home, and then with Mr. Bland to another meeting upon his arbitration, and seeing we were likely to do no good, I even put them upon it, and they chose Sir W. Ryder alone to end the matter, and so I am rid of it. Thence by coach to my shoemaker's, and paid all there, and gave something to the boy's box against Christmas. To Mrs. Turner's, whom I find busy with Sir W. Turner, about advising upon going down to Norfolk with the corps, and I find him in talk a sober, considering man. So home to my office late, and then home to supper and to bed. My head full of business, but pretty good content. 20th. Lord's Day. Up and alone to church, where a common sermon of Mr. Mill's and so home to dinner in our parlour, my wife being clean, and the first time we have dined here a great while together, and in the afternoon went to church with me also, and there begun to take her place above Mrs. Penn, which heretofore out of a humour she was wont to give her as an affront to my Lady Batten. After a dull sermon of the Scotchman, home, and there I found my brother Tom and my two cousin Scots, he and she, the first time they were ever here, and by and by in comes my uncle White and Mr. Norbury, and they sat with us a while drinking of wine, of which I did give them plenty. But the two would not stay supper, but the other two did, and we were as merry as I could be with people that I do wish well to, but know not what discourse either to give them or find from them. We showed them our house from top to bottom, and had a good turkey roasted for our supper and store of wine, and after supper sent them home on foot, and so we to prayers and to bed. 21st. Up betimes, my wife having a mind to have gone abroad with me, but I had not, because of troubling me, and so left her, though against my will, to go and see her father and mother by herself, and I straight to my lord Sandwich's, and there I had a pretty kind salute from my lord, and went on to the duke's, where my fellow-officers by and by came, and so in with him to his closet, and did our business, and so broke up, and I with Sir W. Batten by coach to Salisbury Court, and there spoke with Clark, our solicitor, about Field's business, and so parted, and I to Mrs. Turner's, and there saw the achievement pretty well set up, and it is well done. Thence I on foot to Charing Cross to the ordinary, and there dined, meeting Mr. Gordon and Creed. Here a variety of talk, but to no great purpose. After dinner, won a wager of a pair of gloves, of a crown of Mr. Gordon, upon some words in his contract for victualling. There parted in the street with them, and I to my lord's, but he not being within, took coach, and being directed by sight of bills upon the walls, I did go to Shoe Lane to see a cock-fighting at a new pit there, a sport I was never at in my life. But, Lord! to see the strange variety of people, from Parliament man, by name Wiles, that was deputy governor of the Tower when Robinson was Lord Mayor, to the poorest prentices, bakers, brewers, butchers, draymen, and what not, and all these fellows, one with another, in swearing, cursing, and betting. I soon had enough of it, and yet I would not but have seen it once, it being strange to observe the nature of these poor creatures, how they will fight till they drop down dead upon the table, and strike after they are ready to give up the ghost, not offering to run away when they are weary or wounded past doing further, whereas where Dunghill Brood comes he will, after a sharp stroke that pricks him, run off the stage, and then they wring off his neck without more ado, whereas the other they preserve, though their eyes be both out, for breed only of a true cock of the game. Sometimes a cock that has had ten to one against him will by chance give an unlucky blow, will strike the other stark dead in a moment that he never stirs more, but the common rule is, that though a cock neither runs nor dies, yet if any man will bet ten pounds to a crown, and nobody take the bet, the game is given over, and not sooner. One thing more it is strange to see how people of this poor rank, 
that looks as if they had not bread to put in their mouths shall bet three or four pounds at one bet and lose it and yet bet as much the next battle so they call every match of two cocks so that one of them will lose ten or twenty pounds at a meeting thence having enough of it by coach to my lord sandwiches where i find him within with captain cook and his boys dr child mr madge and mallard playing and singing over my lord's anthem which he hath made to sing in the king's chapel my lord saluted me kindly and took me into the withdrawing-room to hear it at a distance and indeed it sounds very finely and is a good thing i believe to be made by him and they all commend it and after that was done captain cook and his two boys did sing some italian songs which i must in a word say i think was fully the best music that i ever yet heard in all my life and it was to me a very great pleasure to hear them after all music ended my lord going to whitehall i went along with him and made a desire for to have his coach to go along with my cousin edward pepys's hearse through the city on wednesday next which he granted me presently though he cannot yet come to speak to me in the familiar style that he did use to do nor can i expect it but i was the willinger of this occasion to see whether he would deny me or no which he would i believe had he been at open defiance against me being not a little pleased with all this though i yet see my lord is not right yet i thanked his lordship and parted with him in whitehall i backed my lord's and there took up w howe in a coach and carried him as far as the half moon and there set him down by the way talking of my lord who is come another and a better man than he was lately and god be praised for it and he says that i shall find my lord as he used to be to me of which i have good hopes but i shall beware of him i mean w howe how i trust him for i perceive he is not so discreet as i took him for for he has told captain ferrers as mr moore tells me of my letter to my lord which troubles me for fear my lord should think that i might have told him so called with my coach at my wife's brother's lodging but she was gone newly in a coach homewards and so i drove hard and overtook her at temple bar and there paid off mine and went home with her in her coach she tells me how there's a sad house among her friends her brother's wife proves very unquiet and so her mother is gone back to be with her husband and leave the young couple to themselves and great trouble and i fear great want will be among them i pray keep me from being troubled with them at home to put on my gown into my office and there set down this day's journal and by and by comes mrs owen captain allen's daughter and causes me to stay while the papers relating to her husband's place bought of his father be copied out because of her going by this morning's tide home to chatham which vexes me but there is no help for it i home to supper while a young man that she brought with her did copy out the things and then i to the office again and dispatched her and so home to bed twenty-second up and there comes my she-cousin angier of cambridge to me to speak about her son but though i love them and have reason so to do yet lord to consider how cold i am to speak to her for fear of giving her too much hopes of expecting either money or anything else from me besides my care of her son i let her go without drinking though that was against my will being forced to hasten to the office where we sat all the morning and at noon i to sir r ford's where sir r brown a dull but it seems upon action a hot man and he and i met upon setting a price upon the freight of a barge sent to france to the duchess of orleans and here by discourse i find them greatly crying out against the choice of sir j cutler to be treasurer for paul's upon condition that he give fifteen hundred pounds towards it and it seems he did give it upon condition that he might be treasurer for the work which they say will be worth three times as much money and talk as if his being chosen to the office will make people backward to give but i think him as likely a man as either of them or better the business being done we parted sir r ford never inviting me to dine with him at all and i was not sorry for it home and dined i had a letter from w howe that my lord hath ordered his coach and six horses for me to-morrow which pleases me mightily to think that my lord should do so much hoping thereby that his anger is a little over 
after dinner abroad with my wife by coach to westminster and set at mrs hunt's while i about my business having in our way met with captain ferrers luckily to speak to him about my coach who was going in all haste thither and i perceived the king and duke and all the court was going to the duke's playhouse to see henry the eighth acted which is said to be an admirable play but lord to see how near i was to have broken my oath or run the hazard of twenty shillings loss so much my nature was hot to have gone thither but i did not go but having spoke with w howe and known how my lord did do this kindly as i would have it i did go to westminster hall and there met hawley and walked a great while with him among other discourse encouraging him to pursue his love to mrs lane while god knows i had a roguish meaning in it thence calling my wife home by coach calling at several places and to my office where late and so home to supper and to bed this day i hear for certain that my lady castlemaine is turned papist which the queen for all do not much like thinking that she do it not for conscience sake i heard to-day of a great fray lately between sir h finch's coachman who struck with his whip a coachman of the king's to the loss of one of his eyes at which the people of the exchange seeming to laugh and make sport with some words of contempt to him my lord chamberlain did come from the king to shut up the change and by the help of a justice did it but upon petition to the king it was opened again twenty-third up betimes and my wife and being in as mourning a dress as we could at present without cost put ourselves into we by sir w penn's coach to mrs turner's at salisbury court where i found my lord's coach and six horses we stayed till almost eleven o'clock and much company came and anon the corpse being put into the hearse and the scutcheon set upon it we all took coach and i and my wife and auditor beale in my lord sandwich's coach and went next to mrs turner's morning coach and so through all the city and shoreditch i believe about twenty coaches and four or five with six and four horses being come thither i made up to the mourners and bidding them a good journey i took leave and back again and setting my wife into a hackney out of bishopsgate street i sent her home and i to the change and ordered her beale about his business did much business at the change and so home to dinner and then to my office and there late doing business also to my great content to see god bless me in my place and opening honest ways i hope to get a little money to lay up and yet to live handsomely so to supper and to bed my wife having strange fits of the toothache sometimes on this and by and by on that side of her tooth which is not common twenty fourth up betimes and though it was a most foggy morning and cold yet with a galley down to erif several times being at a loss whither we went there i mustered two ships of the king's lent by him to the guinea company which are manned better than ours at far less wages thence on board two of the king's one of them the leopard captain beach who i find an able and serious man he received me civilly and his wife was there a very well-bred and knowing woman born at antwerp but speaks as good english as myself and an ingenious woman here was also sir g carteret's son who i find a pretty but very talking man but good humour thence back again entertaining myself upon my sliding rule with great content and called at woolwich where mr chris pett having an opportunity of being alone did tell me his mind about several things he thought i was offended with him in and told me of my kindness to his assistant i did give him such an answer as i thought was fit and left him well satisfied he offering to do me all the service either by draughts or models that i should desire then straight home being very cold but yet well i thank god and at home found my wife making mince pies and by and by comes in captain ferrers to see us and among other talk tells us of the goodness of the new play of henry the eighth which makes me think it long till my time is out but i hope before i go i shall set myself such a stint as i may not forget myself as i have hitherto done till i was forced for these months last past wholly to forbid myself the seeing of one he gone i to my office and there late writing and reading and so home to bed 
25th, Christmas Day. Lay long talking pleasantly with my wife, but among other things she begun, I know not whether by design or chance, to inquire what she should do if I should by any accident die, to which I did give her some slight answer, but shall make good use of it to bring myself to some settlement for her sake, by making a will as soon as I can. Up into church, where Mr. Mills made an ordinary sermon, and so home and dined with great pleasure with my wife, and all the afternoon first looking out at window, and seeing the boys playing at many several sports in our backyard by Sir W. Penn's, which reminded me of my own former times. And then I began to read to my wife upon the globes with great pleasure and to good purpose, for it would be pleasant to her and to me to have her understand these things. In the evening at the office, where I stayed late reading Rushworth, which is a most excellent collection of the beginning of the late quarrels in this kingdom, and so home to supper and to bed, with good content of mind. 26th. Up and walked forth first to the minories, to Brown's, and then with great pleasure saw and bespoke several instruments, and so to Cornhill to Mr. Cade's, and there went up into his warehouse to look for a map or two, and there finding great plenty of good pictures, God forgive me, how my mind run upon them, and bought a little one for my wife's closet presently, and concluded presently of buying ten pounds worth, upon condition he would give me the buying of them. Now it is true I did still within me resolve to make the king one way or other pay for them, though I saved it to him another way, yet I find myself too forward to fix upon the expense, and came away with a resolution of buying them, but do hope that I shall not upon second thoughts do it without a way made out before I buy them to myself how to do it without charge to my main stock. Thence to the coffee-house, and sat long in good discourse with some gentlemen concerning the Roman Empire. So home, and found Mr. Holyard there, and he stayed and dined with us, we having a pheasant to dinner. He gone, I all the afternoon with my wife to cards, and God forgive me, to see how the very discourse of plays, which I shall be at liberty to see after New Year's Day next, do set my mind upon them. But I must be forced to stint myself very strictly before I begin, or else I fear I shall spoil all. In the evening came my Aunt White's kinswoman to see how my wife do, with a compliment from my aunt, which I take kindly, as it is unusual for her to do it, but I do perceive my uncle is very kind to me of late. So to my office writing letters, and then to read and make an end of Rushworth, which I did, and do say that it is a book the most worth reading for a man of my condition, or any man that hopes to come to any public condition in the world, that I do know. So home to supper, and to bed. 27th. Up and to church alone, and so home to dinner with my wife, very pleasant, and pleased with one another's company, and in our general enjoyment one of another, better we think than most other couples do. So after dinner to the French church, but came too late, and so back to our own church, where I slept all the sermon, the Scot preaching, and so home, and in the evening Sir J. Minnes and I met at Sir W. Penn's, about ordering some business of the navy, and so I home to supper, discourse, prayers, and bed. 28th up and by coach to my lord's lodgings, but he was gone abroad, so I lost my pains. But, however, walking through Whitehall, I heard the king was gone to play at tennis. So I down to the new tennis-court, and saw him and Sir Arthur Slingsby play against my lord of Suffolk, and my lord Chesterfield. The king beat three, and lost two sets, they all, and he particularly playing well, I thought. Thence went and spoke with the Duke of Albemarle about his wound at Newhall. But I find him a heavy, dull man, methinks, by his answers to me. Thence to the king said ordinary, and there dined, and found Creed there. But we met and dined and parted, without anything more than how do you. After dinner, straight on foot to Mr. Holyard's, and there paid him three pounds in full for his physic and work to my wife. But whether it is cured for ever or no, I cannot tell. But he says it will never come to anything, though it may be it may ooze now and then a little. So home, and found my wife gone out with Will, 
whom she sent for as she do nowadays upon occasion to have a tooth drawn she having it seems been in great pain all day and at night came home with it drawn and pretty well this evening i had a stove brought me to the office to try but it being an old one it smokes as much as if there was nothing but a hearth as i had before but it may be great new ones do not and therefore i must inquire further so at night home to supper and to bed the duchess of york has fallen sick of the measles twenty ninth up into the office where all the morning sitting at noon to the change and there i found and brought home mr pierce the surgeon to dinner where i found also mr llewellyn and mount and mary at dinner but their discourse so free that i was weary of them but after dinner llewellyn took me up to my chamber to give me fifty pounds for the service i did him though not so great as he expected and i intended but i told him that i would not sell my liberty to any man if he would give me anything by another's hand i would endeavour to deserve it but i will never give him himself thanks for it not acknowledging the receiving of any which he told me was reasonable i did also tell him that neither this nor anything should make me to do anything that should not be for the king's service besides so we parted and left them three at home with my wife going to cards and i to my office and there stayed late sir w pen came like a cunning rogue to sit and talk with me about office business and freely about the controller's business of the office to which i did give him free answers and let him make the best of them but i know him to be a knave and do say nothing that i fear to have said again anon came sir w warren and after talking of his business of the masts and helping me to understand some foul dealing in the business of woods we fell to other talk and particularly to speak of some means how to part this great familiarity between sir w batten and sir j minnes and it is easy to do by any good friend of sir j minnes to whom it will be a good service and he thinks that sir j denham will be a proper man for it and so do i so after other discourse we parted and i home and to bed thirtieth up betimes and by coach to my lord sandwich who i met going out and he did ask me how his cousin my wife did the first time he hath done so since his being offended and in my conscience he would be glad to be free with me again but he knows not how to begin so he went out and i through the garden to mr coventry where i saw mr c pet bringing him a model and indeed it is a pretty one for a new year's gift but i think the work not better done than mine with him by coach to london with good and friendly discourse of business and against sir w batten and his foul dealings so leaving him at the guinea house i to the coffee-house whither came mr grant and sir w petty with whom i talked and so did many almost all the house there about his new vessel wherein he did give me such satisfaction in every point that i am almost confident she will prove an admirable invention so home to dinner and after being upon the change a while i dined with my wife who took physic to-day and so to my office and there all the afternoon till late at night about office business and so to supper and to bed thirty-first up into the office where we sat all the morning and among other things sir w warren came about some contract and there did at the open table sir w batten not being there openly defy him and insisted how sir w batten did endeavour to oppose him in everything that he offered sir w pen took him up for it like a counterfeit rogue though i know he was as much pleased to hear him talk so as any man there but upon his speaking no more was said but to the business at noon we broke up and i to the change a while and so home again to dinner my head aching mightily with being overcharged with business we had to dinner my wife and i a fine turkey and a mince pie and dined in state poor wretch she and i and have thus kept our christmas together all alone almost having not once been out but to-morrow my vows are all out as to plays and wine but i hope i shall not be long before i come to new ones so much good and god's blessing i find to have attended them thence to the office and did several businesses and answered several people 
but my head aching, and it being my great night of accounts, I went forth, took coach, and to my brother's, but he was not within, and so I back again, and sat an hour or two at the coffee-house, hearing some simple discourse about Quakers being charmed by a string about their wrists, and so home, and after a little while at my office I home and supped, and so had a good fire in my chamber, and there sat till four o'clock in the morning, making up my accounts, and writing this last journal of the year. And first I bless God, I do, after a large expense, even this month, by reason of Christmas, and some payments to my father, and other things extraordinary, find that I am worth in money, besides all my household stuff, or anything of Brampton, above eight hundred pounds, whereof in my Lord Savage's hand seven hundred pounds, and the rest in my hand, so that there is not above five pounds of all my estate in money at this minute out of my hands and my Lord's, for which the good God be pleased to give me a thankful heart, and a mind careful to preserve this and increase it. I do live at my lodgings in the Navy office, my family being, besides my wife and I, Jane Gentleman, Bess, our excellent good-natured cookmaid, and Susan, a little girl, having neither man nor boy, nor like to have again a good while, living now in most perfect content and quiet, and very frugally also. My health pretty good, but only that I have been much troubled with a costiveness which I am labouring to get away, and have hopes of doing it. At the office I am well, though envied to the devil by Sir William Batten, who hates me to death, but cannot hurt me. The rest either love me, or at least do not show otherwise, though I know Sir W. Penn to be a false knave touching me, though he seems fair. My father and mother well in the country, and at this time the young ladies of Hinchingbrook with them, their house having the smallpox in it. The Queen, after a long and sore sickness, is become well again, and the King minds his mistress a little too much, if it please God, but I hope all things will go well, and in the Navy particularly, wherein I shall do my duty whatever comes of it. The great talk is the designs of the King of France, whether against the Pope or King of Spain, nobody knows, but a great and a most promising prince he is, and all the princes of Europe have their eye upon him. My wife's brother, come to great unhappiness by the ill disposition, my wife says, of his wife, and her poverty, which she now professes, after all her husband's pretence of a great fortune. But I see none of them, at least they come not to trouble me. At present I am concerned for my cousin Andrew of Cambridge, lately broke in his trade, and this day I am sending his son John, a very rogue, to see. My brother Tom I know not what to think of, for I cannot hear whether he minds his business or not, and my brother John at Cambridge, with as little hopes of doing good there, for when he was here he did give me great cause of dissatisfaction with his manner of life. Paul with my father, and God knows what she do there, or what will become of her, for I have not anything yet to spare her, and she grows now old, and must be disposed of one way or other. The Duchess of York at this time, sick of the measles, but is growing well again, the Turk very far entered into Germany, and all that part of the world at a loss what to expect from his proceedings. Myself, blessed be God, in a good way, and design and resolution of sticking to my business to get a little money, with doing the best service I can to the king also, which God continue. So ends the old year. End of December. End of the Diary of Samuel Pepys, 1663, by Samuel Pepys.